You guys look great this morning. Happy Easter. Uh, Resurrection Day, just one of the best days on the planet. <laughs> Especially if you're an evangelist, you just love Easter. But uh, I'm just so happy to be here. And yes, uh, I mean, I just came back actually from Puerto Rico. That's why there's the tan. But, uh, you know, on the flight, I was just, I was just uh, really just thinking, Lord, you know, I just, I just want, you know, I just had a, a moment where I was just like, God, I just want my life to count, you know. I know we've said this a thousand times to ourselves, but I just want my life to count. I want it to count for eternity. I want to do something that will make a difference. I just really want my life to count. I want my life to honor you as the, as the, as the praise team was singing. I want my life to honor you, God. And I know that's the heart cry for every one of you. And if it's not, I pray it will be by the end of the service that your heart will be to just want to honor God. I remember uh, I spoke to one of the greatest theologians uh, of our time, Spiro Zoriati. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Zoriati Bible. He wrote the Zoriati Bible. He's like a 90-year-old guy. And I said, in all your wisdom and all your knowledge, if you can just share one thing with me, what would it be? And he said, Steve, honor God, and he will honor you. <laughs> so it's like we got to honor God, amen? But, um, but uh, as I was preparing, um, Pastor Jeremy said, Steve, preach, preach the clear gospel you know, this Easter, and, uh, and I was like, all right, I think I can do that, <laughs> and uh, in, in, at night, I was up to like midnight, a little bit, just kind of praying and thinking about exactly what the Lord would want me to share with you guys today, and then my mother came in uh, to the kitchen, and she's like, Steve, why don't you share, <laughs> she's like, why don't you share about United Airlines, you know, it's like the United Airlines flight, <laughs> she's like, you saw United Airlines flight, that guy, he wouldn't obey the rules, so if we don't obey God's rules, he'll drag us off the plane and throw us, I go, I go are you serious, right, and she's like, yeah, I go, most of, most of the world, like on CNN and, and different, you know, TV stations, like all, all the news channels and people are saying, Mom, they're saying the Chinese guy was right. Not, not the United Airlines. He's like, no, no, United Airlines was right. And I'm like, are you serious right now? She's like, she was actually serious. I'm like, all right. All right, I'll tell them the, about the throwing people off the plane if they don't believe. So anyways, you know, the love of a mother. But I was, I was laughing so hard last night. Um, praise God. But uh, <laughs> she's, she's like, your brother Peter agrees. I'm like, oh, you guys are jokes. But, uh, <laughs> but I just want to share a little bit from what the Lord has put in my heart with you. Um, I was actually in Puerto Rico preaching. I preached in a couple of churches. Um, we had some amazing evangelistic opportunities while we were out there. Uh, I remember I was with Mama Anna. How many of you remember Mama Anna? Okay. So I was walking with Mama Anna. We are just walking. And as we were walking, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, go into that tattoo shop. Someone needs to hear about Jesus. And I told her, I said, listen, why don't we go up there? I think the Lord wants to minister to someone. She's like, Steve, we have to go to the apartment. She has an apartment there. That's where we're staying. She's like, I'm trying to sell the apartment. I have to get back. I'm like, but just for five minutes. Five minutes is not going to kill anybody. I was acting like a little kid. Like, five minutes. Let's just go up and see what's going to happen. She's like, Coco, go by yourself. I go, no, because the Lord's showing me it's a girl. I don't want her to think maybe I like her, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's the hard thing about being Coco. Hot Coco. <laughs> no. And, uh, and, uh, and she's like, I said, come on, join me. And she's like, all right, Coco, because I, like, I practically begged her. And I like, I like taking adventures with Jesus with, with her next to me because she's, she's just a great prayer warrior. So we went up there. We were looking. And there's this guy. And he's like, uh, what are you looking for? I go, was there a lady up here? Like, yeah, she's in the back. Go, Can you bring her out? She's like, sure. So here comes this lady. This place is like tattoo shop has like, you know, skeletons. And you know how it is. 
And uh, so we walk in, and he's like, yeah, how can I help you? I said, and I just thinking about an icebreaker. I'm like, yeah, can you give uh, this, this lady a tattoo down the cross, down her back? She's like, are you serious? So we had an icebreaker there, and then I just started sharing how uh, nail piercing saved my life. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. You know, piercing, you know, body piercing, I should say, saved my life. And the next thing you know, I just said, listen, um, I just wanted to ask you how, how, how you're doing. And she said, I'm doing great. And then Anna's like, do you know Jesus? She's like, I know Jesus. I'm, I'm a believer. Everything's going great. And like, Steve, stop reasoning things in the flesh. The Holy Spirit told you to give this lady a prophetic word. Just release it. Don't listen to what she's saying. The Bible says, through faith, we understand. Not through asking questions all the time. You know, trying to ask questions. And people are going to lie to you. Of course, they're going to say they're doing great. Everyone says they're doing great. Have you ever walked up to someone and said, how are you doing? They said, I'm doing miserable today. It doesn't happen. <laughs> so she's like, I'm going through some, you know, she said, I'm, I'm doing great. And I said, Listen, the Holy Spirit kind of put in my heart, you know, because he speaks to me. I'm his child, and he speaks to each one of us. And I said, I want to just share with you that I'm just saying that you're not doing so great. You're actually doing horrible right now. <laughs> I was like, like, things are not going too well for you. Uh, you're depressed. You're, you're having suicidal thoughts at night. This is happening. In fact, I actually feel like you're praying to God these days. You're asking for help, and, and you're really depressed. You're in a bad place where people have let you down, et cetera, et cetera. And as I was just sharing, she just started crying, and she's like, how could God answer my prayer so fast? She just prayed like about an hour ago for, 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 for God to help her. And she's like, how could he answer me so fast? And she was shocked. And then Anna took care of the rest, prayed for her. You know what happened. But, uh, and then, and then uh, we had another evangelistic opportunity. And I just like these random evangelistic opportunities. They're so cool. I mean, I actually prefer them more than preaching in the pulpit. I mean, I preach in a few churches, but they're just so fun reaching out to people on the streets. So we were at this, uh, this we were talking to this one waitress, and, um, and she was... Uh, you know, an atheist, and she's like, listen, I don't believe in the Bible because of this, and there's discrepancies, et cetera, et cetera. And then Anna's like, listen, sweetie. She grabs her by the hand and says, listen, sweetie, don't play with your eternity. <laughs> Anna's just, just is like so loving, but, she, but I felt the Holy Spirit going through her when she was saying that. She's like, he loves you. If someone purchases something like a car, they spend a lot of money, they deserve that car. He purchased you. He, Jesus deserves you. He's a lover. Honestly, just talk to him. Don't worry about that. And she's like, what? And then she's like, just like listening, and she's kind of touched. And while that's going on, I see this other waitress walking past, and I just said, excuse me, ma'am, can I speak to you for just a minute? And I just, I prophesied something that I felt in my spirit for her, and the lady just drops to one knee and starts crying. I actually have a picture on this I put on Facebook. And then Anna starts praying for her. And this atheist is like watching, like, what is going on here? I'm like, see, he actually is real. He's talking right now. And uh, so it was so cool. We had a great time over there. And, um, and I just wanted to share a little bit about the orphan spirit, because I believe Easter is about one big family, that God wants us to be a big family. He wants us to be part of his family. And I think today we live in a society full of, of orphans, full of people that are without identity, and there's a lot of people, maybe in your own family, I don't think there's one family that, that is normal on planet Earth. I think everyone that grows up in dysfunctional families, especially if you're Greek, if you've ever seen my, my big fat Greek wedding, that's the story of my life. You know, it is, everyone's screaming all the time. I mean, I just got home yesterday, my mom was screaming at me, I'm like, what, what, what do you, I just flew back, she's like, fix these boxes, this and that, like, I just got back, and I do, you know, it's just... Just creating drama. Even my brothers are defending me. Like, just leave the guy alone for a second. But uh, there's always drama in the Cocoa House. But um, anyways, and then I just, I just see like we live in a world full of orphans and people uh, are looking for identity and just there's so many quirks with people and even if waitresses can act weird sometimes or coworkers or family members and just everyone has wounds from their past that they bring into their into their relationships and they're just 
you can, they can't really hide it that well because it just it manifests, you know. <laughs> and uh, and even on this trip to Puerto Rico, I was just talking to this homeless guy on the street, and the guy was just like, "Man, life has been so horrible for me, and this and that." He just complaining about every single thing, you know, me, 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 poor me, poor me, poor me. And I just saw how miserable the guy was, and we just tried to love him, me and my friend Al that were there. You know, my friend Al gave him a pair of shoes. We tried to love the hell out of him, you know, gave him a pair of shoes. We uh, bought him some food at Denny's, took him out to eat, at, you know, got him some clothes and things like that. But the guy was just always complaining. But one thing I did appreciate about him is he didn't want to receive Christ because he didn't want to be a hypocrite. He said, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to receive Christ because I love my sin. I'm not going to give it up right now. So that 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 kind of was cool, you know. <laughs> but uh, but then I met another guy because we were preaching at the theater, uh, the Case for Christ. If you haven't seen it, you should see it, and it's a great place to preach. Do not watch that movie without preaching at the end. It's just such a setup, you know. And uh, and then we preached at the end. Uh, this guy comes up to me and he says that he was a, a crack baby, and that his mother threw him in the garbage from birth. And they found him, and then one thing led to another. He, he, he led a life of crime. He was thrown in prison. But in prison, he heard the gospel. And in prison, Jesus saved him. In prison, he received his identity as a son, as a child of God. And the guy was like so, like so happy. And he wrote a book, and he's just so happy, full of joy. And he wrote a song, How Jesus Saved Him. He showed me the CD. We went out to his car. He showed me the song. And the guy was just like so happy, so in love. And you could just see the difference between these two people. One guy over here, absolute orphan, complaining how life treated him bad, and he was left out in the streets when he was 12 years old. Another guy who was dumped at birth, practically, you know, and, and it was a crack baby, and all these situ the, the worst situation on planet Earth. But you see the two differences. One person's in love, the other one was, you know, struggling. So, you know, we live in a society full of orphans, and there's a lot of symptoms. The first orphan was Satan. He was cast out of heaven because he wanted to be independent from God. When we want to live independent from God, we become orphans. And a lot of people just want to do their own thing. And, you know, even Christians today live like orphans because they don't give God they don't depend on everything they do with God. They just kind of live independent, and uh, that's why Christians look like they have been baptized in vinegar, a lot of them, you know. They, they just look, they look sad and depressed. I mean, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, you know. I mean, you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. You know, Todd White says this. You squeeze, you squeeze an apple, you get, you, get, you get apple juice, but when you squeeze a Christian, for some reason, everything but Jesus comes out because people are not dependent and full of Jesus, and they, they don't understand their identity as sons. And there's some s symptoms of an orphan I want to just quickly read to you. And I want to see if you have an orphan spirit, orphan mindset, even as a believer, perhaps. Um, an orphan has, it lacks identity. Um, he's not really sure. He always wants to, you know, cover up and say, you know who I am? I'm a lawyer. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a pastor. I'm a deacon. I'm an apostle. I'm a, you know, people always carrying titles. I'm a doctor. Um, but I'm just a child of God. That's what my business card says, child of God. You're a child of God. That's where we find our identity. People get angry easily. You know, orphans are anger, or easily angered. Get out of the bathroom. You've been in there for, for five minutes, you stupid. You know, that, that, that's a symptom of an orphan. When you're insecure about yourself, you know, I thank God he saved me from me, and because of that, he saved me from you. Now I don't care what people think about me. I just say what God wants me to say, and then let the chips fall where they may. Um, you know, insecurity, always looking in the mirror, I'm not sure if I look handsome or not, da, da, da. Listen, if you're a son, God created you beautiful. You're beautiful just the way you are, and he made you an original. No one can be like you. Your personality represents a part of God that no one else can represent. When you realize who, are you, who you are in Christ, there's a peace, there's a, there is security. 
um, need for position. We discussed that. Uh, orphans are expert manipulators. They always manipulate to get what they want. I don't know if you guys are husbands and wives and how many married couples are here, but don't, don't use that manipulation stuff <laughs> to get what you want. You know, you're sleeping on the couch if we don't do this or I mean, whatever. You know, that's no good. Uh, Performance-based, you know, always trying to perform to prove who you are, you know. Uh, always trying to be an overachiever, perform, because that gives you a self-identity. And then the last thing and the biggest thing, and this is what I want to focus on today, are orphans are selfish. Repeat with me, selfish. Selfish. Selfish people. So I want to, sh I want to share a little bit from the scene of the cross. I want to take us to the scene of the cross, and I want to show you how many orphans are around the cross. Because at the scene of the cross, we see orphans all over the place. <laughs> Even before the cross, we see an orphan with uh, Pilate. You know, Pilate was an orphan, and, and just everyone had this orphan spirit. i got to do my job. He knew Jesus was innocent. His wife told him, I, God was telling me that he's innocent, and I had dreams, and, and he knew it. And he's like, I'm, in, I'm innocent, he said, of this man's blood. But he wasn't innocent because he condemned him. So Jesus says, the one that handed me over to you is, is, it has the greater sin, but Pilate also had, had sinned for what he did. But, you know, maybe his hell will be a little less fiery than the others. But uh, they're both in trouble, <laughs> unless they repent. And, uh, and I just want to read Luke. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 23, verse 32 through 43. And then we're going to go into a live video uh, and see what actually happened. But I want to, as we read this, I want you to see how how people are orphans in the midst, all around the cross, how there's different scenarios with the soldiers and all kinds of different people. So Luke chapter 23, verse 32 through 43. Ready? There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided, the soldiers divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood on looking, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he's the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also, also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. That was another selfish move by Pilate because he was mad at the Jews, so he wanted to get them mad. He's like, ah, this is the king of the Jews. So every, there's a lot of selfishness going on here. <laughs> then one of the criminals who were hanging blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself in us. But the other answered, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God? seeing you under the same condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Lord Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And I just want to just turn, before we go to the video clip, um, I, if you could get that ready, we're going to launch it in just a second. I just want to show you just different people. The Bible says in other parts of Scripture, the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their head, and said, look at you now, look at you now. You know what? When you are successful in life, people will praise you. When you're successful in life, they might not even say anything. Just like, good job. But deep inside what's in their heart, you never know. 
And here, Jesus was very successful. He had a successful ministry. And that's why the leaders and the priests were angry because they were taking everyone out of their church and they were following Jesus and they were losing their position. And they were upset with that selfishness. But the people said, oh, look at you now. You thought you were such a big deal. I saw you walking around with all your people. Look at you now. This is who you are. So a lot of times when we reach failures in life, when we go low, a lot of times what's inside of people comes out. Have you seen that before? You get a job, you graduate, you see people's reactions. They're not happy for you. Know, they, they say they're happy for you, but once you hit the bottom, that's, what, that's when what's inside of them comes out. And we're seeing how people really felt. There was jealousy towards Jesus. There was anger towards Jesus. There was a look at you thought you were something important. The priests were mocking him. Uh, the people were mocking him. The soldiers were just thinking about how they can make some money, you know, just gambling for, the, for his clothes and ridiculing him and just trying to have a good time. And everyone was just living very selfishly. I mean, Jesus is there dying, and they're selfishly making fun of him, saying, come on, where's God now? Let's see him save you. Like, they didn't even care he was suffering. They were just so into themselves and into their positions, they didn't care about anything else. And if you notice, Jesus didn't talk to anybody, anybody except his disciples and Mary, the disciple, and he also spoke to one other person. But when people were ridiculing him and saying all these manner of evil against him, he didn't get upset. He didn't even talk back to them. He just looked up to heaven and said, forgive them. They don't know what they were doing. They don't know what they're doing. And when they're judging Jesus, they're not even realizing, but in the spirit, because they're so blind, they can't see past themselves. All they can do is see, see they're just so full of themselves, they couldn't see Jesus, and they couldn't realize that Jesus was actually dying, paying for their sins, right? Right there in front of them. And Jesus just said, forgive. He just spoke to God and he ignored the ridicules. But one person captured Jesus' attention. It's hard to capture Jesus' attention, you know, sometimes. But one person captured Jesus' attention. And we'll share a little bit about that right after the video. Here it is. If we could also lower, lower the lights. Um. <laughs> Someone captured his attention. The other thief, he was selfishly just wanting to get off the cross and keep doing what he did before. And he was just, everyone was in a selfish mode. They were seeing how they could benefit from God, you know, whether from Jesus financially with the jacket or this or that or positions for themselves, the priests and different people, different scenarios, different orphanness happening at the cross. But on that cross, Jesus became an orphan so that we could become a son. He was rejected. Orphans are rejected. He was rejected so that we could be accepted. And on that cross, 
he hung there and he was just talking to God. And someone called him over here, someone with a sincere heart, someone with a humble heart, someone who had reached the end of themselves. And that's what captured God's attention. You know, when your heart, I don't know how many of you have experienced a miracle in your life that when you've cried out to God from the bottom of your heart, he answered. You know, God waits for you, to, for your heart to be lined up and sincere before he can talk to you. And you can't get the attention of God in heaven so easily sometimes. We think, you know, he, you know we could talk to God like as if we're shopping at McDonald's, you know. <laughs> it's not like that. But this man humbled himself. And he did some very special things I want to just focus on. And one thing is he first recognized his own unworthiness. See, everyone else in their book were great. They're great people. Oh, we're great. You know, they, they wash their hands before they eat. The Pharisees, everyone just thought they were these, these great people. But this man says, we deserve this punishment. I'm a sinner. I deserve what I'm getting. I'm not a good person. He didn't know how to pray the sinner's prayer. He, didn't, he, never pray, he wasn't really church that well. I'm sure he didn't go to church. But he was humble. And he said, he reached the end of himself. And he said, I'm a sinful person. He's a good person. I realize God is holy. Jesus, you are holy. I'm unholy. We deserve this punishment. I accept the fact that I deserve this. But you don't deserve this. And, I, and he was being sincere. He was being humble. And then he also said, if you can, you know, I'm not asking you to save me from this cross. I deserve this. I accept that. But can you remember me when you go into your father's kingdom? In other words, I want to be with you. I believe that you are a king. I believe you are a lord. And I want you to remember me. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus answered his prayer request and he promised him eternal life. I think that if we want to get God's attention sometimes, we have to reach the end of ourselves. I think a lot of times, even Christians today, we want to hold on to our own sins, our own stuff, our own quirks and say, Jesus, you know, I'm going to be the, who I used to be, kind of live in, you know, the way I used to be, but I also acknowledge that you're God and hopefully these two can both coincide and we're going to do th great things together. But God's saying, no, 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 I want you to surrender everything. I want you to reach the end of yourself. I want you to agree with, that's what humility is, agreeing with what God agrees, agreeing that what, what is wrong is wrong and what is right is right and just saying, God, because right may seem wrong through imperfect eyes and wrong may seem right through imperfect eyes that's why people you know and around the cross they were all seeing things from different perspectives because they were seeing things from their perspective but finally this man reached the end of himself and he saw things from god's perspective and when he saw from god's perspective he caught god's attention and god said today you'll be with me in paradise I believe at the cross is where we receive our identity. At the cross is where we receive our, the love of God. And, and God is calling you today to just be sincere with him, to, to just open up your heart and be transparent. Um, I, I have one more video I'd like to show, and that is The Resurrection. It's a song about the resurrection. It's a film from a, a little short clip from Billy Graham video of, uh, of the amazing cross and what, is, what it has done for us. Change me. We could put up the music a little louder. That violent day, the whole earth quaked at love's display. Three days silent in the ground, this body born for heaven's crown.
The Bible says in spite of our rebellion and rejection, God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his son to die for your sins. And when Christ died on that cross, he became guilty of lying. He became guilty of slander. He became guilty of jealousy. He became guilty of the most filthy, dirty sins. Christ took the hell that you and I deserve. Now God says, receive him. Believe in him. Put your trust and your confidence in him and I will forgive your sins and I will guarantee you eternity in heaven. It's all yours and it's all free. All you have to do is receive. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. He's risen. And uh, this, is, this is it. This is the great exchange. This is where we find our identity. The devil tried to trick Jesus and not let him go to the cross. He said, just bow down and worship me for a second, and I'll give you the, all the kingdoms and the keys. And Jesus said, I won't bow my knee. I won't take the easy way. I'm going to take the hard way. I'm going to go to the cross of Calvary. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to pay for the sins of humanity, and I will be buried, and I will, I will enter the center of the earth. I will crush your head, Satan. I will get the keys of death and hell. I'll get the keys of the kingdom, and I will rise again and he rose again and i believe in and it's 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 uh mama anna says that that when jesus died on the cross and then he he says she believes the earth shook and there was an earthquake because jesus was down there in hell and he was kicking someone's beep you know he 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 was kicking rear and uh he destroyed the enemy and he defeated him and he made a spect public spectacle of him and I believe he resurrected with power and with authority. And he says, all authority, all power is given to me, and now I give it to you. I say, go into all the world, preach the gospel, raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the sick, preach the gospel. You can do this thing. You can live life the way I, I wanted you to live. You know, just because Jesus says, be, be perfect as I am perfect, that's not impossible to do. Jesus asks, asks, purposely asks you to do the impossible because he knows the impossible is possible if you do it with him. He asks you to do the impossible to heal the sick. Of course you can heal the sick. You're human. But with Jesus, you can heal the sick. Of course you can. I don't know if you saw the movie The Shack when the man was walking on water. He tried to walk on water, and he slipped in the water. He's like, why, why can't I walk on water? I saw you do it. I did it with you earlier. He's like, because he just went out. I mean, we, we, we can do this better together. And then Jesus and him went running on the water together. With Jesus, we can do all things. All things are possible for those who believe. And there's circumstances in your life, and there's family members in your life, there's things going on in your life that are, are, is not right at this point. Things are not working the way they should be working. But if you just simply stop trying to do things in your own effort, and you just trust what God did for you on the cross, and you believe that at the cross is where heaven and earth connect. And then at the cross is where you receive the power from the Holy Spirit to live a supernatural, abundant life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So with Jesus, all things are possible. And I really just love this, this, uh, the, the cross and the resurrection because it always says there's hope. There's always hope. No matter what situation you're in, you're, there's always hope because Jesus rose from the dead. There always will be enough to, to, to get things done because Jesus died on the cross. Amen? So I just want to close with that. If we can... Um, just put on that, that, that song there at the end. And I just want to close with an invitation to surrender everything and allow Jesus to be the Lord. I think some of people here today, even some believers, they just need a reset on their life. Things haven't been working, and you just need a reset. Amen? We need a reset. I don't know, in the computer stores, like at Best Buy, they said, your, your computer's so messed up, you need a hard reset. <laughs> 
a hard reset is taking the the, the machine taking it back to its original manufacturer design the way the manufacturer designed it to be the way heaven manufacturer designed you to be may be a little different than how you are today and some of you just need a hard reset reboot you don't need you don't need your life to be improved you need it to be made completely new <laughs> you know when when, when if Jesus was in the breakfast business and, and there was like, some, you know, let's say like, I don't know if you ever, ever had some, a, a, an egg that wasn't a good egg and he mixed it with some good, with some good ones, he made an omelet, that omelet doesn't work. He, Jesus is not interested in improving the omelet. He wants to throw that whole thing out and create a whole new omelet. Amen. He makes new creations. He makes all things new. He wants to do something new in you today. He wants to hit the reset button. But you have to be willing for him to do the work. Amen. That's the good news. That's, that's the gospel, that Christ died. We don't have to be judged. We don't have to be condemned. We don't have to live with unforgiveness. We don't have to go to hell. We can be saved. We can be forgiven. We can go to heaven, and we could bring heaven to earth. So I just want to invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads and just invite you to do a, a hard reset. Just start from scratch. Whatever is going on in your life right now, let, let just take a moment and just choose who are you going to be like today? Are you going to be like the priests who, who think they had it all together? Are you going to be like the other prisoner, the other criminal that was saying, Lord, just do this for me. I need this. I need this for me. Or are you going to be like the other criminal who humbled himself and said, Lord, I deserve what I'm getting, but I'm saying, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Lord. I believe you're a king, and I'm just asking you to remember me. He didn't know the sinner's prayer, but he just asked, God, remember me. Let my life be connected to your life. And if you're willing to connect your life to his, this means you're willing to leave everything behind. So if you're willing to take this step, I believe a supernatural transaction will take place right here, right now. If you'll surrender all. Just repeat this prayer with me. If you're a believer or if you've never asked Jesus to save you before, or even if you're a believer and just need a hard reset this Easter Sunday, the Lord will give you a hard reset right here, right now. Just lift your hands like this to Jesus and repeat this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Father, I've reached the end of myself. And now this is where life begins. I come to the cross. And I surrender all. I surrender my past. I surrender my present. I surrender my future. I give it to you. I ask you to forgive me for jealousy, anger, unforgiveness, Whatever circumstance you're going through, through a, some kind of addiction, I surrender it, Lord. Just but say it in your heart, what it is, that addiction that you might be struggling with. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. To you and to you alone, I surrender, Jesus. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe he rose again from the dead. And I cry, Jesus. Son of God, 
save me. Save me. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, I receive you. Amen.